lives across. Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of Pre and Real Life. I'm here in my bedroom recording this episode because outside's a little bit soggy. It was raining this morning and it's sunny now, but the ground is wet and it didn't seem like it would be that good of a time. I mean, it sounds beautiful outside because it's really quiet and there's just like this nice cool breeze and there's a few birds chirping, but I'll pass on the soggy ground, you know? Let's just sit here at my desk and have a little chat. In the last episode, we left off at Walmart. Very fun. Walmart fights. <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys are still here. Uh, and I'm so, it makes me so happy when you guys are messaging me, laughing along with me, and telling me how much all of this means to you. It means so much to me. So thank you for coming along this ride with me. In this episode, you're going to hear us continue the conversation about Walmart. And then you're going to hear me be even more comfortable with the mic. I think I even forgot the whole point of what these episodes are about and kind of got rambly. You know, I just went off on tangents, but as it's everything in life, the creative process exists within everything that we do, whether it's shopping at Walmart, fighting at Walmart, baking a cake, as I've said in past episodes, um, working out, acting, dancing, dating. In this episode, we, as we progress deeper, there's some stuff in here maybe, I don't know who needs to hear it, but you're going to get some tough love. Surely some tough love. We're going to express the realities of how your social circle changes once you choose to prioritize yourself and make your dreams into goals and those goals become your accomplishments. Your circle changes. The people you used to hang out with will not be the same. The people you date will not be the same. And it's going to be challenging, you know, letting go, moving on, and learning how to be open to receiving. That's what all of this episode is really about. Listening to myself while editing this episode, I was really happy thinking that I'm not a hypocrite. I recorded this with Sheru two years ago, and actually I can say I'm pretty sure Sheru is still that same person, and I'm still that same person, and we would still give you the same advice that we were talking. I'm sure that we would still say the same things two years later. Um, I've had to put these things into practice throughout this whole experience, um, and learning that I can stick by my vision no matter what I feel no matter what I think no matter what comes at me the fact that I can hold on to these key points these key elements that we bring up they shape so much of your life and once you once you adhere to this you begin to live life unapologetically because you know at the end of the day, you're not leaving you. So, essentially, invest in yourself, you know? Just every step of the way, invest in yourself. Believe in yourself. No matter who says what and what's going on, you have to stay dedicated and committed to yourself, your goals, your vision, and it will always pay off in the end. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. I sound so happy and so comfortable. Sheru is so relaxing. He's at, he actually sounds like a cup of chai. And the thing is, he makes amazing chai. Um, Sheru, if you're listening to this, you owe me a cup of chai. Anyway, before I talk your ear off, just listen to the episode. There's one more coming 
because we sure do have a lot to say. Uh, I hope you enjoy. And this is so much needed tough love for us. Some of you may already know these things and already adhere to this in your everyday life. And some of you guys just know it, but haven't been doing it. And here we are, your friends telling you, just, just do it. All right, take it easy and keep listening. Thank you. Cross a highway right by her high school. Like, no, that's not real life. Of course not. <laughs> We're not used to that. No. We're from, like, from New York. The first time I went to Walmart, I would think I was, like, 21. I walked in, and I was like, oh, no. And I walked right back out. I hate shopping at Walmart. I try and avoid it at all costs. And it's not, it's not about the whole political, you know. No, it's not political. It's just, like, I watch Walmart just fights suck. on YouTube. I, like, go into YouTube and I type in Walmart fights and I watch them. You shouldn't do that. It's so good, though. You should Google love and watch more of those. I'm trying to. Well, that's how we got uh, into this conversation. And how, the many, how many times is it at, what, the Queens, the Queens Mall, um, somewhere on Valley Stream? I don't know. Where, like, they get trampled on, on Black Friday? Yeah. Right? And it's just, like, some Popeye's chicken thing. My mom was talking to me about it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. One of these guys oh. on Hinge, he messaged me and his opening line. I'd buy a sandwich for you. Was, today I tried the Popeye's ch- sandwich. Have you? And I was like, dude. That's a winner. That's a winner. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> Maybe you should have thought about your opening because not so good. Mm. Granted, if he brought that up in conversation later on, I would have been like, okay, cool. But I'm like, I have no interest in this. I have 15 unread messages. I'll go check one of those. I don't care about the Popeye's chicken, my, especially since people are killing each other over it. My brother bought one just like a couple of days ago. He was like the guy at his, at, his, at his job, bought a bunch for the office. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll grab one. And he texted me. He's like, yo, you want to bring it home? We'll split it. See what it's like. And I was like, sure, man. Come on over. Bring it. And he forgot it there. So forget it. But, <laughs> but when he finally had it the next day, and I'm sure he, he would have lasted a year if he left it in the fridge. But he ate a third of it. And he's like, dude, it's it's just a chicken sandwich. Like, get a Whopper. No one's dying for that. It's the same thing. And I'm just like, it's like the guys at the top. The CEOs are watching the stories and reading the feeds and all, and, and they're laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, they love it. They're eating it all up. I couldn't imagine putting a product out that people are killing each other over and fighting each other over and, and just going to jail over day in and day out every week. Me neither. I'd be, I'd, I'd be like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Where is this in the series? It's a $5 sandwich. What do you want to do with your, your art? With your storytelling. What do I want to do with it? Yeah. Put Speaking it of product, what do you want to put out there? I want What do you want to share? I mean, what do I want to share? My stories. Mm-hmm. My, my work. Mm-hmm. My, my... I mean, art is emotion. It's all... It's, it's expression. That's all art is. Art is expression. And I wish I had, like, the right acronym to tell you right now what ART stands for but I don't um, but that's all art is it's expression whoever is creating the product the art the music they're feeling a certain way when they're making it and they want to try and harness that feeling into the art whether it be a song a poem a book a movie and they're hoping that whoever sees it when, when, when they see it or listen to it or taste it or feel it or whatever Guess exactly what the artist was trying to portray. That's what art is. It's expression. I just want people to hear it, see it, and feel it. And that's all I care about. You want them to share the feeling that you felt? Absolutely. And that's beautiful. That's very interesting. Because I feel like when I speak to artists, everyone has a very different take on that. So like me, with my sharing stories, I... um, my whole thing is everybody's story is important, you know? Um, I remember I was probably in sixth grade. One teacher told me, you'd really talk to anyone, wouldn't you? And I was like, yeah, I would. <laughs> like, everyone has something to say, and I want to know what you have to say. It's, 
do I want to believe everything that you have to say? Do I want to subscribe to everything that you have to say? No, but I want to hear it. And I think that when we share our stories, it's important for us to um, formulate our own ideas, formulate our own feelings and our own perspectives. So, like, that movie that I watched last week um, with the arsonist sister, um, I gained a whole different perspective on siblings and how much our siblings impact us, especially in choosing our partners. You know, some, like, that... The sister that's married to the alpha, she was looking for structure because she didn't have that in her family because her parents allowed this psycho to run the show. And she had to be the stable one, so now she's partnered up with an alpha who's taking care of her for once. And then you see the arsonist of a sister who chooses a partner who's exactly like the person who's cared for her right. and hasn't judged her and has embraced her. In the end of the movie, actually, the alpha husband leaves the sister and the other sister, the arsonist sister, goes missing into the woods. Nobody knows where she is because shit like that happens in the sticks. <laughs> sure does. Um, happens everywhere. Man. And her boyfriend and the similar people find comfort in each other. Do they develop a romance? We don't know. But they find their relationship now has blossomed because of this connection through sharing something so traumatic with this one woman. And that made me look at other people differently, look at siblings differently, look at my own siblings differently. And my goal with my stories is just so that people can open their heart and their mind to something a little bit more, maybe develop more sympathy, maybe develop more compassion, mostly understanding, knowing how broad the world can be, how broad emotions can be. There's no one way of seeing things. There's no one way of expressing things. There's a multitude of possibilities. If we all can share that, it would be a more beautiful place because of understanding and compassion, right? And when you know that there are fucked up things going on, if you just smile at each other and be like, yeah, my life's fucked up too. It's all right. We're living though. <laughs> I think I think ten out of ten people you meet after the age of twenty nine has some fucked up shit going on. I think I think not after the age of twenty nine. I think that's when people won't stop hiding it. It's hard, right? To keep hiding. You have shit? to manage. You have to manage all day long with whatever. Like, like yeah, there's a body in my closet, but I gotta go to work. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got punched in the face earlier, but I got to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. So people are going to be like, you okay, man? You got a nervous tick. It's like, well, you know, my my dad murdered my mom. <laughs> but, um, you know, whatever. Oh, okay, got yeah. Got bills to pay. Yeah. I walked in and my wife was cheating on me with my brother, but, oh, fuck, I got to pay the mortgage, so let me go to the bank. You know how many times I've heard that story? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. I've heard that so many times. Actually, there, this is a boy that I used to have a really huge crush on. And uh, I don't tell a lot of people this story. He's actually the first guy that I ever told, like, I like you, too. Cute. <clears throat> and maybe this is enlightening. He said, no, he didn't like me back. He's like, you're pretty and everything, but, like, I just don't like you. And then he tried to come back, like, years later. And I like you, you know, I liked you the whole time. I just was weird. I didn't know where I was going with that you and all that cooties. stuff. And I was just like, no, 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 we weren't old enough. For, we were way too old for cooties. I thought that he liked me, too. Like, he treated me like he liked me. Like, I was a priority in his life, so I couldn't understand what was going on. Eventually, 15 years later, he told me what was going on. And um, after I rejected him, when he came back, because I have a huge problem with rejection. So if anyone says no to me, I'm like... You signed that for life because I ain't coming back. Walk over there and I'm not coming back. I can't deal with hearing no. Oh, no? Yeah, I can't. It's like a thing? It's a thing. Like, if you say no to me once, that's it. We can be friends. I will be your best friend. That's interesting. I will hang out with you. Everything will be great. But do not try to kiss me. Do not try to hold my hand. Don't try to, like romance this if we're going out it's this is not a date this is purely platonic i got rejected and i'll stay in my place that's, that's it that's a shame why i mean why we change every five years that's what they say but i'm 100 different person mm -hmm. seven years they say it takes for all your cells but i think mentally I, I and it's my own theory but every five years five years think back to when you were five years you're so different so if you met him back 15 years from now 
15 years from now. He's... He's probably a hundred percent different person three times over, and you are too. I am one hundred percent. Might be a beautiful story. I am one hundred percent a different person, and I look at myself liking him back then, and I think to myself, "Why did I like him?" But why? Who you are, and the reason why I liked him, why I liked him, was because I was a priority, because he made me feel important, because he looked out for my safety and. So it might happen again. He still does this. He hasn't changed. Our relationship hasn't changed. Sure. But if you stop talking I don't want that guy. I don't want... We never stopped talking. We always kept talking. You just, I'm just saying you never know. I don't like him. I don't like him. I'm and not I think, saying you do I, that. I'm like, do I want to go back to 16-year-old me and be that girl? No, I don't. And if I continue with him, I'm going to be that girl. We're going to go right back to the way that we were then because we still do the same things. And it's cute that I get to do the same things that I used to when I was 16 with someone ever so often, every couple of months. But, like, I have to be up at 6 because I have to work out, which, which he doesn't. That's fine. And Hypo- I, that's- hypothetically, you and I go on a couple of dates, mm. right? And mm-hmm. then you work up the nerve to actually ask me if I wanted to, you know, continue seeing you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, honestly, it wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. And then we stopped talking. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Mm-hmm. 15 years from now, we link up again. We just happen to cross paths doing a project. Maybe I'm directing a project that you're acting in. And we're completely different people. And I'm like, yo, Priya, you want any coffee later? You're telling me? No, because you rejected me 15 years ago. No, I'll go to the coffee. Exactly. I will. No, but I mean, romantically, do you want to explore over a cup of coffee? You're going to tell me that the person you are then has totally changed. And yet, not enough not, to not be the person you got rejected. I would not invest emotionally, but I'd invest. Then you haven't changed in 15 years. Yeah, let's go. Let's get that coffee. Let's live it up. And it's funny that we're having this conversation because there's someone that I... Actually, the reason why I brought up the best date. So he gets the best date of the year. Oh, good for him. Um, and I've only seen him once. Oh. <laughs> only seen him once. Okay. And we had the best time together. And something that's been pressing me is usually, especially given how little he contacts me mm-hmm. and how little interaction we have with each other, usually I just walk away from it i just close that chapter and be like when he hits me up again i'll still hang out with him and actually while i was getting dressed today because he texted me this morning to find out when i'd be in town so that we can hang out of which i initiated i'm taking credit i'm like look look at me growing Mm -hmm. i was like am i gonna do the same old shit that i usually do which is not invest emotionally and like go have a good time enjoy the moment and stuff like that or should I allow him to grow and use the space that we both have because of work and distance and all of that stuff to allow something to grow deeper within both of us and maybe even if it's two years from now or three years from now, would I be able to entertain him? And which way did you go? Well, this just happened this morning. right when I told you, hey, I'll be ready for one fifteen, and you're like... I'll be there before 1.50, and I'm like, coconut, like, oh, no, I was doing my arm workout. So got into the shower, I thought about it, shower thoughts, and then I was like, listen, this is a lot for my ego to handle, (laughs) but let's just take it and see where it goes. Uh But I feel like he's worth that. There you go. Whereas this guy that I told I liked when I was 16, I don't feel like he's worth that. Well, that's fine, but to make a blanket bold statement, like, never again. I'm being honest. I'm being honest in that this is how I've been. You know, I have a huge problem with rejection. And when you say no to me, I'm like, it's not going to happen. it seems like you're getting past that problem, so. Probably. probably. Baby steps, baby steps. (laughs) And I'm not being overly ambitious because maybe I'll be like, no. I had to deal with a phone call like that uh, this weekend, actually, where he's like, why don't you think it could work out between us? Because it's been like five years that we've known each other. And I was just like, dude, because like, why? Why? Like, you made it very clear to me very early on what you wanted and what you expected. And I put you in that box. And that's where you live now. Oh. And that's what he said. There's no moving. <laughs> he's like, no oh. No selling that box and, and finding he's a like, new box. That it doesn't matter that I do this and it doesn't matter. And, like, he's listing out, like, the ways that he's making an effort. And I was like, you're making that choice. But you made a choice of, of very early on. And you had, you had me work around that. I had to choose between how I felt about you, um, what I wanted for us... 
and what you wanted for yourself. And he's like, but you got to understand, I was in this weird space and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I respect that, but this is how I feel. And I have to respect that too. So you live over there in that box. And if you want to continue seeing me, just understand that that's your place and nothing else is going to happen. So there's no getting him a real estate agent and finding a new box? No. No. But the the guy who texted me this morning... He gets giving, a new box. He might. He <laughs> might. I'm not going to say that he will, but he might. He might. He might. So I'm, be, I'm trying to be flexible here. Good. Good. The world <laughs> appreciates that. When one day we were hanging out and he would never tell me about his dating life because I believe what I like to call myself for some guys out there is I'm a shelf girl. Like, you know, she's a great girl and you know she's a great girl and she's not going anywhere. And even though there's nothing physical going on, eventually, like, she's the type of girl that if I decide to commit to her, it will happen. So we'll just keep her on the shelf. Oh, you think that's a... But that's what people feel you are, what guys feel you are. Not all guys, some guys. I recognize where they place me. We'll never say 100% of anything in this conversation, or any conversation, because I really don't believe it's ever Me either, me too. But okay, that being said, you're saying generally guys... Not generally, I'm saying there are some guys out there who do this, and um, I believe that's who I am for him. So he never talks to me, and this is one of the ways that I can um, really figure out how I figure out what I am is what they do when they talk to me about their dating life that's how I figure out where I am in uh-huh. in in their spectrum and if he's like hanging out with me platonically but he's never bringing up any other girl I'm a shelf girl that's what he I am he doesn't bring up other girls and that makes you a shelf life girl whereas if he talks about other girls that means I'm his friend friend like we're hanging so out is, plat- is it just one or the other or is no there- there's others. There's too. others. Okay, yeah. okay. But like these are the two standards. Like you have your friends, mm-hmm. but my friends, like we're gonna go hang out, grab like a slushy and or like a forty and hang. And he's gonna talk to me about his girl problems, or like we're gonna go for a run, and he's gonna talk to me about like, oh yeah, Alyssa just dumped me. I don't really know what I'm gonna do about it. What do you think I should do? Well, I, mean, I know that, that he's my friend. That, that's a that's that's a given. I mean, if he's gonna talk talking to you about girl problems. He's my friend. He's very clearly your friend. Yeah, and then if I'm going for a run with this guy, we're grabbing forties, we're doing the whiskey stuff, we're chilling, and he never brings up a girl. I'm a shelf girl. A shelf girl? Yeah. He's keeping me on the shelf. Okay, but... How does that differentiate between a guy who's really interested in me and wants to date me? Bam. A guy who's really interested in me and wants to date me will continuously try to impress me. Gotcha. He doesn't want to hang out with me. He wants to make sure I am happy. He wants to make sure I'm comfortable. He wants to make sure I'm cared for. He invests uh, time emotionally. He will text me and be like, hey, how are we feeling today? You know, okay. or he'll be like, I'm in town for three days. I want to see you one of those days. You tell me when you're free. Is there anything that you want to do? And I'm always like, no, you plan it. Tell me when I need to be free. And then they make it happen. The shelf girl situation is like, I'm oh. I'm going to go do this. Do you want to come with? Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> but you never bring up another girl? You never bring up another girl. Gotcha. For all the years... 15 years of friendship he never brought up another girl so much so though that my family even tried to set him up with one of our family friends oh and then he started to bring up another girl because he brought her up and it wasn't even that he wanted to bring her up i asked i was like why didn't it work out and um that was the first time that he got comfortable with talking to me about another girl and i still had to like dig it out of him and i was like huh He wants something else out of this. This is very interesting. And the first conversation that he actually opened up with me, and I didn't have to dig information out of him, was when he told me about catching his girlfriend at the time sleeping with his cousin. Brutal. And I was like, have you talked to anyone else about this? And he was like, no. And I was like, why are you talking to me about this? And he's like, because I feel like you're the only person I could talk to about this without judgment, without assumption. You're not really going to look at that girl and think, oh, she sucks. But who knows what she's going through in life? Who knows what your cousin's going through in life? And dude, I feel bad. And the guy's successful. Like, he has to go to work. He has to entertain clients. He has to wake up at the crack of dawn. And he leaves his office at like 9 p.m. And I'm like, dude, the 
I think about that. Like, the fact that you have your whole girlfriend, and then she's still trying to hit you up, she's still trying to work things out, and you're there conflicted about where to go with this. Everyone wants their cake and eat it. I was just like... Which is really crap. I told him, I was like, you should stop talking to her. And, and he was like, easier said than done. And I was like, well, you gotta just make the decision. Yeah, it's 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 weird how, um, you know, how a lot of people view their relationship as it'll work its way out. It'll work out. I'm gonna go do what I shouldn't do. It'll work out. And it's like, no, what you shouldn't do is what you're doing. <laughs> You idiot. Exactly. If you're not happy somewhere, then just dip. And if you don't want to dip, then 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 communicate what the problem is. Even if it's just your problem. A lot of people, like, they have a problem with the relationship and their partner doesn't. And they're so ashamed and so embarrassed and so willing to swim so deep in denial that they'll go and do something that, like, like cheat or, or emotionally cheat or just physically cheat or whatever the case is, whether it be, like, you know, go get a hooker or... Or literally go talk to someone else. There is an issue that's causing you to do something that they don't want you to do. Talk to that person about because that's the first step to either it working out for in your favor or, or it ending and working out in your favor. Either way, it's in your favor. Usually when I see people who have a messy love life, I always know that there's so much more deeper issues out there. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much accolades you have, whatever. If you have a messy love life, that means within you is also messy. That means your creative process is also messy. Even though there's like a, obviously a lot of CEOs or a lot of creative people who express themselves beautifully. I mean, you can find beauty in pain. I mean, look at The weekend. Yeah. Everybody loves his most painful albums. And Van Gogh. I always say, don't treat romance and relationships as your project get a real project because when it comes to sharing your whole life with someone that's serious that is very serious because you are the company that you keep and if you're messy that means you're going to find someone who's messy and if it's not going to contribute to your happiness then you're just stuck like you're trapped in this cycle of unhappiness of fighting of toxicity and then it'll drag you down and then you'll end up with all these health issues mental issues depression isolation everything that everybody's trying to avoid is what you end up surrounding yourself with when you see you're self-destructive when you treat romance as a project you treat romance as your project then you it's self-destructive you have to separate that mm. and you have to find your project you have to find your art and I think that you're very lucky that you got to really have that shower moment, that like that like breakthrough where it's like this is what I want to do, and this is where we're going. And do you think that your love life is is organized? <laughs> I feel like mine is very organized. Is my love life organized? My love life is very organized. I obviously I have shelves and compartments. <laughs> this is my love life right here. She's so cute. I love her. This is my look. Look, she's coming over and she's like, "Yo, stop this!" Because this is my cue to enter. Hey, That's not what she's saying. She's yeah. like, "Hi, guys." She's like, "You know why?" Because the sun's going down, and she's like, "It's time to go." I'll take you to a park. I promise. Don't worry. Come on. Everything in my life. Is, um, is Methodal, met, methodical. Everything. everything. Methodical. And it wasn't always like Look, that. I said it. I did. I noticed that. <laughs> it wasn't always like that. No, when I was a kid, I wasn't. I wasn't organized, and I wasn't goal oriented for the long haul. I really I was a very different person. I was very type B, hundred percent. Okay, expand on that for people who don't know the difference between type A and type B. Okay. And would you say you are type A now? I would say I'm type AB now. Um, that a girl. That's my dog eating her snack. <laughs> oh, dear. I love it so good. It sounds like it's delicious. It's just a can of raw tuna. That's it. So I'm going to read out what type A and type B is because I know I'm going to say it wrong. And I appreciate that. And whoever's going to, um... 
thank you. I had to, the last podcast episode that I had. He is like, I'm very left brain. I was like, Yo, do you know the difference yeah. between left brain and right? Because if you're going to say that on my podcast, go Google it. Right, right, right. And I know, I, I know, I'm more one versus the other. But in my comments, leaving some shit. Like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know what you're talking do about. Say, I do not want yeah. SEOs coming up with fucking idiots. <laughs> And my podcast. It's just too much. Mm -mm. Um, The difference between type A and type B. People, type B, pardon me. I'm sorry, I was burping over there. (laughs) Type A and type B people is basically night and day. Type A people typically have difficulty relaxing, while type B people are laid back. Type A people generally can't stand being slowed down, while type B people prefer a more relaxed pace. There you go. As defined by Google. Um, I was very tight B growing up with everything. I was just, let's have fun, man. Let's chill. Let's relax. Have a good time. You know, I was a class clown, 110%. And then there reached a point where um, I just looked around and realized, and this is actually more recently, I looked around and realized that, um, that everything I ever started, I didn't finish. And it was because I just wasn't, I wasn't focused enough. I wasn't organized enough. I wasn't, I wasn't committed enough. I wasn't driven. I didn't, I didn't want to put up with the hurdles well enough. And it wasn't even a conscious thing. It was completely unconscious. I didn't realize that, um, that like I quit for such dumb reasons or even that I even quit. I just didn't think of the things that I was started as something I was starting, just something I was doing. And then when you start to ask yourself, because there does come a time in everyone's life and usually around now where you start asking yourself, you start realizing what it is you want. And then if you don't have it, you're asking why. And that's the chapter two of everyone's life. When you're no longer a kid and now you're becoming an adult and you're like, well, what kind of adult do I want to be? What did I think I was going to be? And why aren't I that? What did you think you were going to be? I thought I was going to be, I thought I was going to be, um... Just swimming in money, <laughs> swimming in it. Like I was like, I'll be a millionaire by twenty-five, and I was like nineteen. But I did nothing to pursue that goal. To tell people that I'm gonna be a millionaire by twenty-five means okay. So what's the plan? What what product are you working on? Is are you the product? Is it a, a, an app? Nothing, nothing. I was like, I'll just be it. And then back when I used to say like, oh, I'll be married with like five kids. Really? Because I have no one that I am focused on and planning that with. So what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, and, and then when I turned, and when I was, when I, and this is like when I was in high school in 19, right? I used to say those things. And then when I got to film school, there wasn't a doubt in my mind in undergrad that I would be, I would be a successful filmmaker. And of course, successful as defined by today's society in general terms, meaning you make money in one direction. And is enough to support your lifestyle. That is what the general census of success is, right? So I was like, yeah, I'll be a filmmaker. I'll be directing movies. I'll be on the big screen. No questions. And then, like, you know, life takes so many weird turns. And you just do things that, like, you think you're supposed to do. And it wasn't until, like, I turned, I guess, like, <clears throat> 29 where I was like, why? why am I not doing this? Why? And you have to, you really have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest. And the truth is not... That my parents pushed money. Truth is not that I had to move or I went broke or I had to get a job or someone got sick or my heart was broken. No. Those are pebbles in the sand. The truth is, is that I was never committed enough to say no to other things and bear the storm that comes with that angle. And when that happened, I said, okay, am I good with that? Or do I want to make change? And after that moment, you know, that's when I decided to go to acting school. And I was like, I applied to a veterinary school and I applied to an acting school. Whoever took me first, I went. Acting school took me first. I was like, that's it. I'm going to go perform. And um, I was like, I'm not going to do an eight-week course. I'm going to do a two-year intensive. I'm not going to just do, you know, um, you know, just like the pit. I'm not going to just basically do a, a small, quick program. I'm going to go 100% immersed. I didn't work. I, quit. I closed down my company and lived off of savings. I moved to Brooklyn. I did for two years. 
And as soon as that ended, I had my, like every six months, I create a six, six month chart for my year of what I have to do. And I would hit them. Um, and it was same thing with fitness. I was like, no, I'm tired of just going to the gym for a few months to look good enough to wear this. You know, I was like, no, I want to look this way. I want to be able to run this fast. And you start Googling and researching people that have done it, you know? You start researching the things they did. And you have to research them. Anyone who says, don't look at what they do, look at what you're doing, you know, fuck off. Mm-hmm. You have to follow people that you admire mm-hmm. who are doing what you're doing and at least pick up their daily habits. Mm-hmm. You don't got to be a Republican if you're dramatic, but if you're a Democrat, but like, or like, you know, be against abortion because he's against abortion. No, it doesn't matter what you're into. But if, if you want the body of the rock, and he wakes up at 4.30 in the morning, hits the gym, and he eats this, this, and that. Why are you waking up at 8? I mean, that, that, that's it. Because the, the rock surrounds himself with people that are, that are conducive to the goals that he has. Yep. And I promise you, even though he's at the height of what looks like his goal, there's more. Mm-hmm. He's got more. And everyone, I mean, Vince McMahon is 72 years old. The, the, the owner of the WWE and he is actually coming out with the XFL again he's 72 years old and he's starting the XFL a second re- a rebirth of it can you imagine a 72 saying I'm gonna go create another football league again can I be honest I can imagine that for myself but I see if people who are older all the time who say oh well I'm old well I'm old well I'm old and I'm like um, you're limiting your own self, you know, because there's so many old people who do stuff. I think it's a con- it's a decision you need to make. You have to choose. Like you said, you looked at yourself, and you were honest with yourself about why you aren't where you want to be, and you made the changes to get yourself to where you want to be. Because there's no real excuse. There's really no, and what made me enlightened to there's no excuses when you see things like the Paralympics, like people out there with like one leg, one arm, you're, they're out there doing stuff. And if they're out there doing stuff and I got 10 fingers and 10 toes, I can't tell myself I can't do anything. Of course. It changes everything. It changed me because mm-hmm. now I'm up at 630 every day, hell or high water. I don't like to drink every week and it's not what I do. I can't even get high every day. It's just got to be, you know, a certain time, certain moment of the day, certain time of the week. If I drink, I know where I'm drinking, who I'm with. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it's made me a dick to be around for some people. I'm an, I'm an asshole when I'm directing a project. Um, you are not an asshole. <laughs> I know I'm an asshole when I'm... You know what? I, it's fine. You laughed when I laughed. <laughs> sure. Sure. Because, because you know what? Actors even though so you sensitive. yelled at me. <laughs> I didn't even yell. I did not yell. Give me a break. You were like, stop laughing in the back there. Do you guys want to be here for two hours? Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you? <laughs> you guys are off your phones. Unbelievable. I was not the on kids my phone. today. I wasn't on my phone. I was just talking to your brother. I was socializing. It, it, it has I was finding out about your life story. You don't need to do that. you got to remember the lines and move forward. No, I'm sorry. But you weren't an asshole. You're uh, still a good time. Thank you. You were just, you know what you want and you know how to get to where you want to be. I, and you know how to let people know that. And it's either, listen, you're on board and we're going to make this happen or you're not on board and it's not going to happen. So choose one. It, it bleeds into my per, into my day life. Like I've had, mm-hmm. I have friends who, who at first, you know, at first a, a fast paced organized person will motivate people mm-hmm. unintentionally. Just you want to be around that person, especially people who are lost, sad, unmotivated, have no goals, want to do something but can't find the drive. They want they gravitate towards people who who are on point because they want to do things. But then like when they start slowing that person down or just not, you know. Anything, even a slight bit, that person will become kind of a dick. And it's not to say, like, it's not to be rude. It's just, hey, man, listen, I didn't ask you to come and, and do things with me. You're here, so you got to keep up. Mm-hmm. You want me to lead? you got to keep up. Mm-hmm. And you lose friends. It's shit, oh, but it's, you no, lose friends. No, I don't friends. think it's a bad thing to lose friends. I've lost a lot of friends because they couldn't keep up, yeah. and I see it as the biggest blessing that's ever happened to me. And it's not to say, like, you know, hey, man, I, I, I don't like what you're doing. No, no, no. You do you, and yeah. I'm going to do me. But if you yeah. want to do me today, then keep up. Mm-hmm. And when I want to do you, 
then I'll go at your pace. Mm-hmm. Neither one is better than the other. I didn't ask. The thing that got me frustrated with my friends was they would keep asking, accomplish this, how do you... Um, meet that goal and I'd be telling them and then they would like hit me with some like really lame ass excuse and I'm like yeah what and when they think you're not helping them even though they're indirectly asking you for it then they start to hate on you yeah or or just just they throw hot sunglasses right oh yeah sunglasses tell it tell everyone about sunglasses oh anyone who throws shade at you we call them sunglasses and sometimes you find yourself living at wise eyes like you're in Sunglass Hut because everyone's just throwing shade at you. And, and yeah, and there's no reason for it. First and foremost, first and foremost, anyone who looks like they are the success story you wish you were, I promise you, thoughts that go on in their brain, the, 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 the battles that they deal with just internally, I mean, that's that's a problem you don't want. My brother once told me that he read somewhere that if everyone threw their problems into the pit, you'd pick yours first. You don't want anyone else's problems. No. Everyone's got their own. It sucks. Thank you very much. That being the case, it's like, it's like, dude, don't pretend like just because they're doing something you don't, you wish you were doing, that it's easy for them to even go to bed at night. It's not. I don't like that my brain won't sit still. You know, I'd love to have a simpler pace. I, I, if I had a kid, I'd be like, dude, just be it simple, man. Go to school, get a good job, enjoy your weekends, find a girl you can party with. But I can't. I, I want to do more. And so you got to work with it. And if you want to work with it and do it well, for me, what works is having a regimented schedule. That's where I became so a type. That's kid. where I became a type A to AB. Mm-hmm. I'm still very chill, very relaxed. I'm, that's just who I am as a person. But don't fuck with my schedule, man. Because if it's, it's, if it's noon or 1230, I haven't clocked in for work and I haven't been to the gym or walked my dog or showered or done my hair, I'm like, great, my whole day is going to be off now. One great thing I found about having like a mentor, I would be very hard on myself when I did not live up to my standard. Mm-hmm. And it could be for anything that I wasn't living up to my standard with, especially like emotional trauma or whatever. Shit happens in life, and sometimes you can't fight through it, right? And I'd be really, really hard on myself, which is even worse for your creative process, right? Because if you're shitting on yourself, then how are you gonna? Oh, 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 hey, 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 whoa, whoa, <laughs> Andy, come here, still going, come here, it's okay. Let's go. When you're going through your emotional trauma and you're experiencing everything, and you can't find the zeal to push through, good word have a very unlimited vocabulary except for methodical <laughs> ah, it's getting easier and easier look at you practice makes perfect mm-hmm. I would be very hard on myself and then one thing that having a mentor I think really does somebody who's older than you and I would say like someone who's four to five years older who is where you see yourself in those four to five years so that they can guide you along that process. Um, Someone who's very good at communication, who takes their mentoring seriously, who is like, if they don't hear from you, they will send you a text and be like, yo, what's up? What's good? What's going on today? You need somebody who's going to seriously mentor you, not someone who you have to chase. You need to get a mentor who understands the relationship and will contribute. Having that mentor is my greatest help because when I started... Putting all this pressure on myself and people were telling me, well, what you need to do is relax. I started to open up to my mentor and tell him about where I was emotionally and how do I make it to the next step even though I feel the things that I feel. He's always known me as being this regimented person, as this person who meets their goals, who does what they need to do, especially since we've worked together. He understood that it's not that I lack discipline. It's not that I um, don't have the zeal. He got it. He was like, shit gets bad sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you need to sit back, explore what's bad, address what's bad. If you can't address it right now, say, listen, at least we know. Just keep rolling. Just keep going. And then it goes back to like acting and improv, Mm -hmm. that first rule of... Don't just keep Yep. Don't say no, and you just keep going. Okay. <clears throat> Having somebody to remind you that check in and say, "Okay, shit sucks, but we're just gonna keep going." You can have all the excuses in the world, but you have to remember what your goal is, and you have to forgive yourself, and you just have to keep going. And it's not to say that you can't allot yourself some time to to bitch, cry, and moan. Yeah. 
That's what he take says. It, take it. He but, says an but hour a day. Make the time in advance. An hour a day. Yeah. If you need to sit there and just be sorry for yourself for an hour a day, do it. Yeah. Some days you don't even need an hour a day. You know, Beyonce says that um, what she does when she experiences something that's hard on her, she gives herself like 24 hours to mourn it. Yep. And after that 24 hours, she moves on. Mm-hmm. Now that works for her. Works for her. <laughs> I tried to do that, and it didn't make me a better person. It worked. It worked for a bit, but it didn't make me a better person. You just, and that's the thing. You just have to keep going. Find what works for you. That's Try right. the things. You're not going to know if you don't try. Is your love life organized being type A, type B? Everything in my life is organized. And how, do, how does that work exactly? So, like, for me in my love life, where I have the compartments and the shelves, the opening line is a big deal for me, and respect is a big deal for me, and my mom, and all of this. Take that. She didn't call. She texted. Okay. She just wanted to let me know that she was cold. This, this is cute. This is how she is. Your it's mom very sounds adorable. like a good time. She's adorable. That sounds like my brother. <laughs> he lives Hi. with me. How are you doing today? <clears throat> I am cold. Oh, your mom's fun. She's so fun. My brother just sends random pictures of him sleeping at his desk. It's so cute. And I'm, no, it's not. It's like, <laughs> get, get to work, bro. Okay, you're at work. <laughs> how does my very regimented life yeah, what affect does that my seem like? dating life? Because it affects mine. I guess in the same sense that you had mentioned earlier, when you don't, when you don't need, when you don't place a need to be with someone, then you don't really. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how the dating life is going. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it's like I'm single. Okay, great. And I don't mean to. Sh- let me put together my thoughts on this one. Mm, take your time. So essentially, essential. My biggest issue with my very regimented love life, or my my life, is that, and it's always been this way, even with um, with exes, um, at least in recent years. It's like when you watch those movies of the very very busy, very successful businesswoman, and she doesn't have the time, so she has to open up her book and schedule when her date night's going to be. The average person, or average, doesn't want that. They want like, hey, you want to get some ice cream? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't. I got work to do. It's Tuesday. Come on. I can't do Tuesday. Um, all right. Uh, I can tank Saturday. Want to do Saturday? Weekends are my weekends. And then she'll say, well, I have to go to a wedding on Saturday, but how's Thursday? It's like, I can't. It's a week. <laughs> I'm home at 6 o'clock. And I 6 out of this, mm-hmm. 7 out of this, mm-hmm. 8 out of that. And mm-hmm. I got to go to bed by 11 because it's 6 out of my week. Mm-hmm. She's like, really? You can't just break once? Mm. And I'm like, no. No, because, because if you break once, then you break I break wines and then Friday morning I wake up at 7.30 instead of 8.30 was cut my cardio time in half because then my dog saw me as her walk and then I and, and they hate it they fucking hate it I know exactly how you, you feel you know and it's like that's and not, I get I get all this shade for it exactly and I'm like yo relax so for me dating is it just it is what it is I mean you gotta, you gotta. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Dating just is what it is. I mean, if you find someone interesting, who's worth breaking that for, you know, then it's like, you know what? I do wanna, I, I do wanna break this, or at least someone who's down for like a quick twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, it's seven. Do you want to get some dessert? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, or uh, I finally want to see movies, and I do want to go. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to grab a drink, and I'm only having one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, I just want to get a drink and get to know you a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. want to go get shit-faced tonight. We can get shit-faced next week. I don't like getting shit-faced on dates. I don't like it. I like a drink or two and then just have a nice time. And then maybe, like, after a good amount of dates, then I'm, like, open to getting shit-faced. But, like, right. Or if, like, the girl stays over and it's in my head, I'm like, all right, you can, but I'm still going to wake up at 630 in the morning. I don't stay over. Like, I don't do it. Oh, well, you're every guy's dream. I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to do this. Like, I'm, I'm not doing this. This is not this is not where I, what I want to do. I'm not coming back to your place. If I come back to your place, yeah. it's going to be very formal. I'm a formal dater. Yeah? Very formal dater. Yeah. And I, I, I love the dating scene. Like, I, Me too. I think it's so much fun. Me it's too. like a game of chess or Chris Rock says double dutch. Like, it's such and when a guys, good time. When guys... I remember that. Yeah. It's a good one. It is. And, and I got my, my, my tally marks and whether I'm going to call them back again or... You know whether they were worth like just just watching them. It's like it's like watching the Matrix. You know? Yeah, it's it like, is. Like I look at dating like Keanu sees the Matrix all coded. <laughs> Me too. And it's like well, I'm not gonna call you back. You don't know why, but I'm not gonna call you back, and here's why. 
you know, or or I also what rules. I what I really like is to do like a a review. Like I like when guys like give me a review. Like this is how it was. This is what I would work on. This is what I wouldn't work. Really? On. Yeah, I like it. And then I'd That's be like, funny. "Is that something I want to try to work on?" No, I don't. So it's not going to work. Okay, bye. You know, or hey, I like you. So maybe I'll try to work on that. Or if it's something that like my standard is like I don't do spending the night stuff. And if that's a problem for him, I'm just going to be like, no, like that's not as great as you are. That's not changing. So bye. Understood. Or like my problem with you is that you believe in the Zodiac sign. Like I have 17 tabs open in my brain and either I could fill that with like celebrity gossip or murder, but I choose Zodiac signs. It's not going to hurt or hinder. It's not going to do anything. It's just for fun. Mm-hmm. I and I have 17 zap abs. Uh. <laughs> oh, I only have about six. <laughs> oh, okay, only. <laughs> um, I have 17 tabs open, and that's not going anywhere. Right. And if one of them is bothering you, please go, because I'm okay with being by myself. Right. And the reason I'm okay with being by myself is because I have my have hobby. So when some people like try to project their issues onto me i'm like dude no go get a hobby yeah anything anything it could literally be anything start watching murder shows i don't know go for a big on murder (laughs) i just keep coming back to it because we because it's like a thing we talked about earlier you know just keep it on i've never spoken to her about murder ever in my entire life we've only known each other for like a week (laughs) no longer than that how long has it been a month no, we shot that, what, three weeks ago? Oh, okay. When I was younger, it was like, like I, that's another thing. Like, mm. I chased women growing up. Mm. Like, I, I love dating and I, and I still love women. It's fantastic. And guys are cool, too. But it, it's just like I, I, I chased it. And then, again, it was one of those things that I told myself, why aren't you where you are? How do you spend your time? And it became a pie graph. And I was like, I spend a lot of time with girls. Whether it be the girlfriend, my girlfriend, or when I'm single, dating and chasing it, and that I mean just like you think of it like you think of it like 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 how many dates you go on. It's not that. It's think about every minute of your day. How often are you texting a girl that you're talking to? Mm-hmm. You know, or how often are you planning something for your girlfriend versus planning something for your future? Mm-hmm. And how many times are you texting a girl you met recently or over the last couple of weeks? Texting, texting, texting versus sending out your application, your headshots mm-hmm. on the website, sending in your mm-hmm. resumes. Like, it's those little things. Like, I could be doing more reps, but instead I'm, like, flirting in the morning, you know? And it's like, and, hey. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What happened? And he threw up. Aw. A lot. Why? You think it's that bone? I don't know. <laughs> she just threw up all the tuna she ate. Oh, do you think she ate it too fast? She like licked that up. I couldn't tell you. She doesn't do this. I might have been adding the bone to the mess. You yeah. think she wants just attention? Oh, she could just want, you know, women. <laughs> All right, let me clean that up. All righty. Oh, that is a lot. Yeah, basically everything she ate. Yeah. That doesn't really happen. <laughs> that is. A- <laughs> Dang, you are such an attention-seeking monger. Her tail's all down and she left the room. She feels, <laughs> she's embarrassed and feels bad. Oh, don't be sad, Yeah, though. it happens to the she best of that. us. Like when she was younger, if she pooed in the house because the back door wasn't open and it was like 5 a.m. and she had to go, she'll crap on the carpet and then go on the couch and just cry. It's okay, it's okay, come on, come on. You know, it, it, it's like when you start realizing that, like when I started becoming that AB personality, it was only because, it was because I started to see the fruits of my labor, mm. you know? If it wasn't working, if, if sleeping at early and waking up early and hitting the gym at the right time and, and going to school and, and hiring, having coaches versus learning on my own, if it wasn't working, then I wouldn't have cared. Like, I would stop, but it started to work. And so you started learning. That's like anything, right? That's just human nature. You start doing something and you see it working, so you keep doing it. Um, <clears throat> so as I got older and... I wanted to, you start taking that ideal, that method, and moving it over onto other things. And so, 
you know, same thing happens with dating. Like, yeah, like you, you meet a nice girl and she's really awesome. If after a few dates you realize it's just not going to go anywhere, like you know for a fact there's no spark. And the spark is real. Yeah, I believe in it. Sparks are real. If it's not there, and sometimes it's a tiny spark, so you go for that second date because, oh, did I see something? Or whatever. But if it's not there... When I'm younger, it's like, who cares? I should at least have sex. It's a good time. Let's go get some good time. You know, let's go get my drugs. When you get older, it's just like, do, good, do, good no, sex is, do you is think mental. It, no, do you think that it's when you get older or, like you said, when you get clear about what you want and why you aren't where you are? I think that's what you mean. Yeah. Because a lot of people get older, but they still are chasing. There's so many guys out there who are older, who are successful in their career, and they're still chasing. And then they tell me things like, I don't know why I can't meet the right girl. Or I don't know why I'm not happy in this aspect of my life. And I'm like, some people just are wired to be, in today's definition of successful. They're just wired that way. They just know what they need to do in order to make a certain amount of money. And they just know. <clears throat> and that's not a problem for them. But in so many other ways in their life, there are gaps. And I think it translates in your dating life and the people you surround yourself with, right? Yeah, you, you start knowing. Because, again, when you're younger... You can tell so much about someone based off of their friends, I believe. Oh, yeah. And the people that they date. 100%. Someone I dated, everyone knew that he had, he had insecurity issues. Everyone, I didn't know it because I was too close to him, right? Because sometimes when you're too close, you can't see. You're in it, you can't see what's happening. A lot of people were telling me, just look at his friends. Look at his friends. He has mommy issues and insecurity issues. And I was like, how can you say he has mommy issues? And they're like, because you mother him. You act like you're his mother. You don't act like his girlfriend. And by society's definition, he's successful. And then you look at who you're the person surrounded by. Now, I take that into huge consideration when it comes to dating. When I meet his friends, what are his friends like? And then I'm like, I may not see exactly who he is, but when I see his friends, I'm like, there's bits of those people in him. I mean, you are you hang out with 100%. I won't strictly judge a uh, uh, like judge a girl. I won't put too much on that. Mhm. Because, and understandably. Because honestly, there's people out there that, and I've noticed over the years that there's, there's people out there who are just looking for someone to take them away from all they're in. And so, and, and there's there's beauty in that. It's like it's like a rose that grows out of concrete. It doesn't want to stay in concrete just because it grew out of it. It wants to be plucked and placed in a pot. So just because I meet someone who's like, you know, super from that super thug world or whatever, or some trash town or, or clack, 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 you know, it's like... All right, but you're different. Mm-hmm. And then that person tends to make you and your social life their new social life. Oh, I don't have a pers- problem yeah. with someone who's different. You know, they, 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 they may have I'm, shitty friends now, but they don't want their shitty friends. Exactly. They're you just, gotta, it's just who they have yes, at the moment. Yes, yes. So, There's a lot to take into consideration when you yeah. watch the people nothing, who you're surrounded. Nothing like we said, life. nothing that we're saying is 100%, 100%. right? <clears throat> but you have to be aware. That awareness needs to be there. So when I go out with someone and, like you said, there's that small spark Mm -hmm. and then I meet the friends and all of that stuff and I start to see his interaction with his friends, I start putting the pieces together, I think about how is it going to contribute to my goals? Right. Right. Because your friends and your partner, especially your romantic partner, this is the person you're interacting with most you're planning things for your girlfriends. You're texting away, you know? And I like that phase I of dating. That's it. a great time. But is this person going to, this interaction going to contribute to my goals? Yeah. And when you're an artist, when you're working in a creative field where you're immersed <clears throat> by your work, every single step that you take is going to lead you to the next step. It's not like you're just saying, oh, hey, I'm going to go in 9 to 5 and I'm going to be this accountant CPA dude for the, these eight hours and then like... And let's go to the bar and get hammered. doesn't work that way. No. When and, you choose to live your passion, your passion is your life. That means that the person who's going to be your partner needs to contribute to that in some way. Right. And, and even if it's an escape, it's still even if it's an escape. Took the words right out of my mouth. I have no problem dating someone who has no interest in that. It's fine. But do you support me? Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we good about it? 
Mm-hmm. You're okay with it? Can I can I run away from all this and come back to you and be like, hey, maybe you want to watch Talladega Nights? I'm like, yes. I do want to watch Talladega Nights. I want to watch a just a dumb comedy that makes me laugh my ass off. You know? Let's go watch Fast and Furious. The first one, really good. Every other one is just for money. I still like it because of the cars. Right, but that's why they make it, right? To me, that's not art. I still it, watch it because it's cars. Sales. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, it's like you do want to escape. Like, I, I would... I. Do not date people who work with me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. now it's different because now I work for myself, and and so there is no person who works with me every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have an office anymore. I close that down. But like hypothetically, like if I was on set for the same project for the rest of my life, or if I was always a director and it was always the same photographer, or whatever, I won't date that person. I'll date another artist, another talent, sure, no problem. But you want to, you want to come home. I'm disconnect. Disconnect. And you want to hear stories. Like, I want to hear stories from my girl about her job, wherever the fuck she was, or her model life, or her acting life, her singing life. Like, let me hear about it. Like, you're a country singer? Great. I'm not. You know? But if I... And then on top of that, like I said, I think I'm a dick on set. So if my my my, my girl is... I don't want to be rude. Like, I, I, it was, I, I remember I dated a, a photographer when, you know, uh, and we would shoot weddings. And I'd want to scream at her sometimes for being in my frame. And I wouldn't want to scream at her, but I'd want to scream at her. Mm-hmm. Now, if there was anybody else, I could. But for her, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, just just move, okay? <laughs> you know? And then and then I, I just, it just was what it was. When it comes to dating and being self-employed, how do you explain that? Because some people just don't understand that. So do you instantly <clears throat> just be like, oh, okay, I'm self employed and I have my own company and people respond well to it do they not respond well to it when they don't respond well to it do you just like move on I've never had a problem okay I think that's a different a really normal thing for like guys like girls don't give guys that much flack for like being self-employed I get a lot of that like really a lot of guys are just like so how do you make money and I'm like isn't that rude That's so rude for you to ask me that. Like, I'm not here asking you how you make money. Why are you asking me that? I'm, I'm not, I'm surely not coming after you for your money. I don't live in a world where I feel entitled to someone else's money at all. Right. And if I did feel entitled to someone else's money, then I would not be self-employed right, right. right now. I would not be taking care of myself, but I do. So when and it's it comes up so much on a first date yeah it really does and very few it's come to a point now where i only date guys who are self-employed oh because i just don't want to have to deal with the oh i'm getting off of work at 5 p.m and you want to hang i have a show like i have to be ripped i have to be set like i can't of course go drinking with you at six and get home at three and be cool for the next day that that plays a card bigger than anything else Mm -hmm. um let's grab a drink i all right i'll have a glass of vodka or i order a a salad because we're eating at 8 30 at night and i don't really eat heavy dinners you know and then she's ordering a meal and i'm like i'm sorry (laughs) don't feel insecure around me please do your thing but i got a show in a couple of days or you know and when i don't i'm like oh it's fucking gorgeous who cares you know and i don't model like i'm not a regular model but i have photo shoots i have covers to be on so you know it's like at first they're in, <clears throat> the average person first is always enthralled by a different a person those different lifestyle they're attractive because it's the allure and then they realize wow it sucks you suck and it's like yeah sorry <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one question I really, really hate that people ask is, um, oh, I'm really interested in what your line of work is like. Can you tell me more? And I'm like, no, you're not interested at all. Let me, because if I start talking to you about how work is, you're going to be like, wow, well, that's not so much fun. It's work. Like, work it's, is work. It's work. You don't mm-hmm. say, I'm going to go play. It's, I'm going to go to work. Mm-hmm. That's everywhere across the world. I show up. <clears throat> At 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, whatever time you tell me that I need to be ready for. And that's usually dependent on lighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My friend's like, can I come visit you on set? Can I see what it's like? And I'm like, it sucks, man. It's boring. Yeah. Everyone's pin drop quiet. Get the frame. Everyone is sweating to get it done right. Good. All right, guys. Break. <laughs> and they're just like, that's it? It's- and I'm like, yeah. They add a laugh track, bro. <laughs> like, it's, it's stressful. It's, it's so it's stressful. It's boring. It's such a process. Mm-hmm. It's such a process, and it bleeds into your social life 
big time. Especially like if I have fashion shows, there are so many details with fashion shows that things end up running late. Mm-hmm. So they'll tell you that you're booked from. They need you to come from three in the afternoon to eight thirty, and you're gonna be like, "All right, let me set up this date for like nine, nine thirty, mm-hmm. right?" And then some shit goes down, and the show doesn't end until nine thirty, and now you got like a whole wardrobe situation that you have going on and you got to change out of that you got to look like yourself and then you show up and then they're like three whiskeys in and you're like and they show up to the date and three whiskeys in and they're acting all weird (laughs) and you can't even be mad because what else are they supposed to do what else are they supposed to do while they're waiting and then they're like so why didn't you just leave i cannot just leave because that's a client right right of course i want them to book me for the next show and most of the time i don't they only put down a deposit i want to get the rest of my paycheck sometimes they didn't even put down a deposit and i'm just like "Uh, hopefully i'll get paid see for me it's it's I don't have that problem. I have... My problem is they think because I work for myself, oh, I'm available. Oh, no. Like, you're, you're at you're my... less available. You're at my job right now. This is it. This is where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. I spend all day here in my home. Mm-hmm. I, I email clients. I have my meetings here. I, I edit my projects here. I send out my headshots here. Like, like, everything happens right there. So just because I'm home and available, whether you're my mom, my dad, a girl I'm dating, or my friends, leave me the fuck alone. You know what I really liked about our interaction? That you would, like, schedule in, like, the times that you were going to call and you were able to tell me, like, hey, I'm going to call you around, like, 2.15. But you will call me at, like, 2 o'clock and I will not be ready, but then I'll call you at, like, 2.15. And I'm like, you told me, dude. My life is punctual. <laughs> I told you, Priya. What the fuck? No. No, but me too. Yeah. Well, no, you t- you called me at 2 o'clock. Oh, sometimes You said 2.15 and I was working out and I saw this shit going down and I was like, no, shit. Like, <laughs> no, bro. No, you... You, you said, said 215. <laughs> I did something today with that time. That's fair. That's fair. I appreciate that. Like, I don't hear from you unless you're like, yo, am I free to call? Can I call you? And I'm like, yeah, that's good. I appreciate that. I don't want to have these small talk texts throughout the day. And then we're like, how's your day? Good. What are you doing? I don't know. What do you want me to tell you I'm doing? I worked out. I do the same thing yeah. every day. And sometimes you can. But then usually when you're talking to someone who like has a regular schedule and has the same boss and the same job and the same hours and then one day like my work is light like I'm just color correcting or I have no editing to do and I'm just organizing or or I'm sending out um, audition stuff then it's like I'll text a lot more that day fast forward two days I'm not fucking available and they think that you're just a fuck boy yeah (laughs) and it's like we haven't even fucked yet (laughs) like what are you talking about you know and and it's just like, dude. I know, go through that a lot too, where it's like I just disappear for a week, and people are like. And my boys are like that with me. Like I'll talk to my boy every morning on the dog walk for two weeks, and because he has the same drive to work, and I got the same dog walk. But then you know what, dude? My my schedule got crazy, and now I am training for this one film. I have to be in shape, so I move my schedule around. And suddenly, oh, Dick, you're not your fucking phone anymore, and it's like. My schedule changed. My schedule changed, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and God God forbid, like, dude. 